This is Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin. For the second time in the last two years, the Atlanta Symphony has locked out its players over a wage dispute. This was supposed to be the orchestra's 70th anniversary season, but as of Monday, management has canceled all concerts through November 8th. So what are we to make of the troubles around this historic ensemble in America's ninth largest metropolitan area? Joining us is Howard Pausner, a cultural reporter at the Atlantic Journal-Constitution. The Minnesota Orchestra lockout hinged on a $5 million deficit, but in Atlanta, it's only $2 million. Can't they find that under a mattress somewhere, or are there deeper issues at play here? There are deeper issues. The symphony had racked up a $23 million debt by the end of fiscal year 2012, and some of that has been reduced. And uh, after the last contract that was a, a difficult one for the musicians in 2012, the deficits in the last few years have gone down from $5 million to $2 million. Pay was the bigger issue in 2012, uh, two years ago. This time, pay is obviously it's still an issue, pay and benefits and so forth. But kind of a growing issue that we're becoming more aware of daily is becoming a battle over the future of the orchestra and the size of the orchestra. Why don't you explain Uh, what that is? Because as I understand it, two years ago, the size was reduced. And now what's happening? It was uh, 95, and after the collective bargaining agreement two years ago, it went down to 88. Through defections and um, deaths and retirements, there are now 78 full-time musicians under contract. Management proposes something that's uh, a bit unusual uh, for American orchestras. It wants to have future say control over uh, any openings that come up. It would do this, uh, it would make its decision based on needs at the moment, it says. But the uh, ASO's uh, CEO, Stanley Romanstein, would, after consulting with music director Robert Spano and members of the Players Committee, would have the final say over whether full-time positions would be filled with part-timers or or whether they would not be filled. So this is essentially a non-musician saying, no, you don't really need a piccolo player. Well, he says that he has never had a, a matter with the music director, Robert Spano, that he couldn't resolve and that he doesn't think that there would be a problem. But uh, after two lockouts in two years, there's not a great deal of trust by the musicians in the symphony's leadership. Well, you mentioned the music director, Robert Spano. He gave an interview to the New York Times on Tuesday saying that if he had not stepped in by contributing some of his own money, the Atlanta Symphony's trip to New York to perform in Carnegie Hall last spring would have been canceled including right. uh, he, broadcasts uh, he, that we... He uh, gave uh, quite a bit of money uh, for, for an individual, $50,000. How unusual is it for conductors to, A, be doing that sort of thing, and B, be speaking out and taking a side in a labor dispute like this? Well, it's highly unusual, and I think uh, the interview with the Times caught the uh, Woodruff Arts Center uh, by quite a bit of surprise today. They were sort of uh, reeling. They said they were not surprised that Robert's passion, but they were surprised that he had kind of broken with an industry uh, tradition by talking 
to the media. And, you know, it's, it's, this is getting more worrisome because the ASO has made tremendous uh, artistic strides under Robert Spano and principal guest conductor Donald Runnicles. and Who also uh, has spoken to the media. Yes, yes. Uh, in a British paper, he, uh, he was actually uh, even more angry than Spano. Uh, so they have canceled concerts through November 8th. Does this mean that they're digging in for a long fight? I think so. Last time in 2012, the matter was resolved in a month and there wasn't a delay. They went right down to the wire, but the season went on as scheduled. This time, the lockout occurred on September 7th, and we're into the third week, and the two sides haven't even sat down together. The Woodruff said today that their proposal is to bring in federal mediator Allison Beck, who, as you probably know, was involved in the Metropolitan Opera's recent contract dispute and ratification, ultimately successful in getting a contract uh, deal done there. The musicians have, at least to this point, said no to the offer of a federal mediator. I suppose that could change. But they feel like there's enough layers of management that they're dealing with at the uh, Woodruff Art Center, the parent uh, nonprofit organization, over the symphony, that it would be more layers to work through to make a deal happen. That's interesting, because here in New York at the Met, I think the musicians were very happy when the federal mediator was brought in. Right. Last time, it seemed to, in 2012, it seemed to be a conflict mainly between the musicians and ASO, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Management. This time, two years later, the Woodruff Art Center, which also includes Atlanta's biggest stage, the Alliance Theater, and uh, the High Museum of Art, the city's biggest museum, uh, the leaders of the Woodruff Art Center are much more involved. And so while the negotiations prior to the lockout were mainly with ASO management, the musicians feel like the real power lies with the executive committee of the Woodruff Art Center, and they just feel that more layers won't get them what they want. So where are the donors? Well, donations have picked up in recent years uh, since the last contract. Atlanta is not an old money sort of city. There certainly are rich people here, but it's new money. And so it's hard. uh, There aren't that many people who can uh, write a check for $2 million and and, uh, get this underway. Well, you've got Coca-Cola, you've got CNN, you've got... (laughs) nobody in any of the the big going concerns well, and there it, and in fact they are the those companies and others uh, are uh, enormous donors to the Woodruff Arts Center already. It has four divisions and it dominates the arts funding landscape in the city and the Woodruff feels that if it can show the funding community particularly the foundations that it is capable of running the orchestra uh, without accruing more red ink, that there is more money out there. They feel that they've gotten as much donations as they can while running the orchestra for now 12 years uh, with a deficit. The Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Chorus is a top-notch volunteer ensemble, and they have sent an open letter to the community expressing solidarity with the musicians, all 200 members of the chorus signed. Does that change the bargaining equation in any way? 
I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that the Woodruff leadership and the uh, Atlanta Symphony leadership underneath it uh, is pretty much dug in. They are determined to halt the red ink after 12 years of deficits. And I think there's high regard for the chorus, but I don't think that they are going to um, let the chorus you know, dictate what happens here. So are the musicians of the symphony taking any cues from the Minnesota Orchestra or the Metropolitan Opera in their PR strategies? I know they're performing some free concerts this Saturday and starting to fundraise to support more free concerts. That's correct, and they um, are holding a, an event on Thursday night, which was to be the opening night of the 70th anniversary season, across the street from the Woodruff, along with uh, members of the chorus, a silent moment. I think they're calling it a deafening silence, which was part of a quote that uh, Robert Spano uh, gave in the, uh, in the New York Times today. And is management doing anything to protect its image or build its image? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, the public has been pretty rough on the management. The board member of the uh, Atlanta Symphony uh, resigned rather loudly just recently. Even the annotator for the symphony's program resigned and, and posted a treatise on, the, on his Facebook site. The blogs have been pretty brutal. The public here feels that the second lockout in two years was uh, disrespectful of the musicians. And I'm told that the musicians were not consulted when management not only delayed the first concert, the the season opening concert, but delayed several concerts through November 8th. So management is not looking really good here, and the message that they have tried to get out to the media as much as they can is that they do have the symphony's interest at at heart and that they want a solution that balances money and artistic aspirations. Well, thank you very much. We will continue to watch this. Thank you, Howard Pausner. Thank you. We have been speaking with Howard Pausner of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Brian Wise is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. Thanks for listening.